Welcome to episode 362 of the AMPM podcast. This week, my guest is Justin Chen, one of the co-founders of PicFu. We're going to be talking about the importance of split testing your images, your videos, everything about your product, and a whole lot more in this episode. It's going to be a lot of good information. Hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the AMPM podcast. Welcome to the AMPM podcast. We explore opportunities in e-commerce. We dream big and we discover what's working right now. Plus, plus, this is the podcast where money never sleeps. Working around the clock in the AM and the PM. Are you ready for today's episode? I said, I said are, are you, you ready? Ready. Let's do this. Let's do this. Here's your host, Here's your host. Kevin King. Kevin King. Welcome to the AM PM podcast, Mr. Pickfu himself, Justin. Justin, how are you doing, man? Good. Finally on the podcast. Super happy to be here. Yeah, this is awesome. For those of you that don't know who uh, what Pickfu is, Pickfu is one of the as actually I think the original uh, split test testing service in the space. There's a few people that have kind of followed in your footsteps since then, but you're the old G's, the old, the guys who uh, basically started it all, right? Yeah, that's right. And I think you're the one who put us on the map for e-commerce. Uh, me? What, what did I do? Uh, you mentioned us, uh, what was it? Was it Global Sources back in 2018? Yeah, I might, I might have. Is that when, uh, that's when you That's when you started, right? Well, so we started way before that, but uh, we weren't really on the map for e- Amazon and e-commerce until I think you mentioned it. And then I think Manny mentioned it on this podcast, on the AMPM podcast. And then uh, we definitely saw a lot more Amazon sellers coming in. But uh, before that, we weren't really targeted towards Amazon or e-commerce. Oh, really? So how, when did, when, was it called PicFu then as well? Yeah, it was still called PicFu. Um, so my partner, John, and I, we built it, oh my God, I mean, probably over a dozen years ago as a side project. And we were building a completely different business. Like not, you know, it was a website. It was uh, something we were doing um, before this. And we were working on a redesign for that website, actually. And so we were trying to figure out which way to go. And we couldn't decide between the two of us. We wanted to get actual consumer feedback. So being engineers, we built this as a side project, kind of threw it up on the internet as things happen, put a paywall on it, you know, PayPal button back in the day. And yeah, it kind of lived there, took on a life of its own for a while and, you know, meandered through a few different industries. So you guys are doing all the coding? Were you just just the two of you or did you have a team? Yeah. So back then it was just the two of us. Um, and we, we built the initial version of it. Um, we had a lot of, we thought entrepreneurs would be our, our target use case being entrepreneurs ourselves, but we, we found a lot of authors using it for book titles and book covers. Uh, you know, Tim Ferriss for our work week, he was kind of famously talking about using Google ads to test his book titles. And so people were trying to get more data driven about testing, uh, book titles. And so we had a lot of self-publishing authors and, um, you know, using it to test that kind of stuff. So that was that was really cool. We have a lot of best-selling authors that use uh, PicFu for that kind of stuff still today. Uh, in fact, James Clear was uh, was an early user of, of PicFu as well. Oh, really? Atomic, um, that's Atomic Habits. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So uh, really cool to see that kind of content coming through. And then it kind of meandered through, you know, mobile gaming is an interesting space for us. Um, a lot of just software startups using it. Uh, DuckDuckGo, if you know, the privacy search engine. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Gabriel, their their founder was he was one of our biggest uh, supporters in the very beginning. Um, loves using it, and so they they continue to use it on kind of almost every creative decision uh, in their in their company. So whether it's ads or UX or or anything like that. 
And when it first started, you were kind of jo- jobbing out the backs at them because you got an army of people. We'll talk about that here in a minute that actually participate and help uh, do this. But in the beginning, wasn't like kind of like almost like a jobbing out to like a mechanical Turks or something. And then you grew big enough to where you could actually start cultivating your own um, audience. Yeah. So we tried to stitch together. Um, yeah, we did start with that. And then now we're stitching together to different panels uh, and trying to bring kind of the best, uh, best quality to our consumers without having to know like where that quality comes from. So for those of you that don't understand what if you've never heard of PicFu, uh, PicFu yeah. is basically a split testing it's service. It started out pretty basic where you could compare, you know, two images. You could say, if like what he said with authors, they could say, which of these book covers should I go with? Which one looks more appealing? Or you can ask a question, whatever question you want, but you're trying to isolate rather than just asking your friends and family who are close to you and might mm-hmm. not give you their honest opinion or that they're, they're a little bit uh, more jaded or uh, this total strangers that don't know you from Adam, don't know anything about what you do, don't know your personality, don't know anything and, and get their opinion. And it's not just vote for which one you like is best. And maybe that's how it started. But you guys now have where they actually have to say why. And we'll talk about some of that in a, a second. There's different variations of that. But they they don't just say, I like A or B best. They say, I like A best because, and they write a short little uh, couple sentences or a paragraph in some cases of, of why. And it's really mm-hmm. great because then you get to get an insight into not only which one they chose, but why they chose it. And sometimes they'll say stuff that, you didn't think of. You're like, oh, I don't. I didn't realize everybody thought uh, yellow was a makes makes it you want to throw up or whatever they might say. And you see a pattern of that, and you're like, holy cow! And so that's where it started. So the audience that does this, basically, the way it works is you put there's a number of different tests, and we'll talk about some of those in a minute. But at its core, basic, it's it's image A against image B, and you could do you know more than one image if you uh, you can do four mm-hmm. you know images, whatever. But it's image A or image B. And at its core, and then there's a group of people, you select how many people you want to actually give you opinions. And, and the, the most common number is probably 50. I mean, you can go up higher to 200 yeah. to whatever you want, but the most common number, that way you get a statistically valid response because you need 30 or more actually is the technically and stat statistics, the, the critical number. And so you do 50 and then people, you know, within a matter, it depends on the time of day you do it. If it's during the middle of the day on a weekday, usually you have your answers within an hour. You know, it might take a little bit longer if it's, you know, at night or on a weekend or something like that. The audience that gives these feedbacks, where do they actually come from? I mean, how big is that audience and where where do those people come from? Yeah. So uh, they're all people who like to be paid for doing surveys. And so we tap now, now we tap into all the same um, enterprise uh, market research panels that, you know, say Procter & Gamble would use when they're running their longer form market research studies. And so in the U.S., we are able to tap into over over 10 million different uh, consumers who are, you know, coming from different avenues who just want to, you know, get paid or get rewarded for doing something. And so um, the challenge with all these panels is maintaining a high level of quality and then, like you said, being able to target the audience by different demographic attributes. And so that's kind of the layer that we're bringing to it is being able to target like by Amazon Prime members who are like you know, like to drink tea and have cats or something like that. Um, and being able to do that and make sure that the quality responses, the responses that they give you, um, uh, explaining why they chose something are of high quality and that they're genuinely, uh, you know, trying to do a good job. So these people, they get, re- they get paid a, a nominal amount for every survey they answer. So they're, they're not, are they just doing yours or they're part of some big panel that they're also doing other companies? They're sitting at home, you know, 
for a couple hours one afternoon. It could be a soccer mom. It could be someone that's just yep. you know, at their office and bored during their lunch hour, and they just like to make a little bit extra money. And just they just bang through different surveys. Like they get one from you, they get one from somebody else, and for an hour they make. 10, 15, 20 bucks on the side or something. So is that kind of how it works? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So they're, they're definitely doing uh, other people's surveys as well. Um, like you said, they're typically just bored or they want to do something while they're watching TV or whatever it is. So like it's kind of side hustle money. And how many, you said it's 10 million that you have access to. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously like, you know, not everyone's on at a given time and, you know, uh, finding certain attributes can be a little difficult. So while most of our, uh, our polls do finish in under an hour, if you were to do a lot of targeting, like for a very niche off, um, uh, audience, it could take a little bit longer. And what Justin means by that is you can go in there and you can just let it be open. So you can say, here's image, here's the, my main product image, number one, here's my main product image, number two, which one do you like? And at a minimum, you should probably say that you want prime members, but that's still most of the U.S. That's not going to limit you too yeah, much. Yeah. And then you can go, there's a whole range of demographic and uh, other filters where you can choose. I only want women over 50 or I only want uh, people who work out three to four times a week or, or whatever, the, mm -hmm. whatever it may be. Uh, and you can filter that down. And so that's what he's saying, that that can slow it because they have to fit those criteria, which is that's better right. for you in a lot of cases if that's your target, because you don't want some random dude, you know, that does, has never worn makeup in his life voting on your makeup box, that's right. for example. I mean, you'd rather have someone that's actually in the market to buy that stuff. Now, do you have the ability to actually have people that actually have bought versus just their, that's their interest? Do you have access to like databases? Like we know this, this person bought from uh, Mary Kay Cosmetics or something. And you can't say exactly where, but you can, can you overlay that? So we actually know they're spending money on, on those things. We're, we're not able to verify that it is self-reported. So, but we do ask, uh, questions like, you know, what are the types of products you've bought in the past six to 12 months? And so, um, we do ask like kind of specifically, you know, are you buying things in electronics category or pets or toys or and things like that? But it's not, we're not able to validate it against their actual Amazon shopping history or anything like that. And so most of them you said can, you get the answer with, even if you do like 200, you get the answer within an hour in most cases. Yeah, I think if you do a general response poll, which is basically first come, first serve, uh, it would probably be done in under an hour. And now, now you've expanded it now beyond just single images. You can test titles, you can test bullet points, you can test a number of things. Talk about some of the different uh, options that, that, are, that are in PicFu for what we're most commonly used. Yeah. So like you said, when we first started, it was uh, for comparing two things, A versus B. A lot of times it was an image. Um, it can be text. It could be video. Um, we see animated GIFs a lot or even audio. And so um, basically any kind of media format, uh, for example, we've used it to test voiceover actors for, uh, for videos or theme music, that kind of stuff. Um, and so the head to head was the original one. We opened it up for up to eight options. So when you're, when you're comparing, let's say eight variations of your logo, what actually happens is we ask the respondents to rank every single one. So they're not just choosing, Oh, I like, you know, the seventh option out of eight, because if they just chose one, you may not get to any kind of, you know, statistically interesting answer. You're just going to get like 12 and percent or something like that. So by asking them to rank every single one, we're actually able to run an instant runoff, um, kind of like what they do in a lot of elections now. And you actually take into consideration their second place vote, their third place vote, and actually come up with a winner. It's our, our more most preferred winner 
based off their ranking. And so that's kind of what we do when it's more than two options. If they rate it one, it gets eight points. If they rate it two, it gets seven points and so on down. So you could have something that's rated number two by a lot of people that ends up actually being the best choice, not necessarily the one that got the the most first place votes because there might be a, the number one choice might have had 30 people like it, but a lot of people gave it a seven. uh, And then all those people or a vast majority of them gave rain it number two. That actually means number two is actually probably statistically better. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why we, we kind of call it the most preferred, right? Like it's not, Horribly offensive, uh, but like most, most generally liked by the audience. So, and it's worked out pretty well. Uh, the other way we actually do it is if if you want, and this takes a little bit longer and does cost a little bit more, is we do a full round robin tournament um, where we'll actually do A versus B, A versus C, A versus D, A versus E, and all the permutations, and essentially do kind of like a tennis tournament, have them match up against each other, and the winner of the tournament is actually the winner, and that that's a ton of res- responses and we'll actually see a lot of our larger enterprise companies or uh you know gaming companies who who just want all the data and uh that's the kind of test that they like to run and you also i mean like for amazon sellers you can actually you have an option where you can bring in like imports a listing from amazon and uh, or actually imports a listing. is it the listing no it's the search results right search results so, yeah and then you could normalize it so you could actually you know if you got 20 people selling a product, your dog bowl, you could bring in all 20 dog, uh, 19 other dog bowls uh, from the Amazon page and then put yours in one, randomly put yours in one of those spots, your image. And then yeah. you can go in, you can normalize the review. So, so actually make everybody have four star reviews. So there's not one that's, uh, everybody has the same price uh, and everybody is prime, for example. And then, then it's going to get some really good insight on where the eye goes and what people are clicking on, right? Yeah, that's right. So we we kind of call it a mock-up tool generator. And so what happens is you can put in your ASIN and maybe uh, maybe you're not even selling it. Maybe it's a category you want to go in like you were talking about. And you want to see if you're going to be able to compete against all the other dog bowls or whatever it is. And so you can put in your product concept, maybe the title you're thinking about using. Maybe it's the price you're thinking about going in at and seeing if are you going to be able to steal some of the clicks against, uh, against the top uh, category leaders. Or maybe you're already in the category and you just want to test out uh, a new main image and see if that's going to affect how people perceive you against your competition. So it's a really important way to gauge uh, in a hypothetical safe sandbox how you're you're going to do with um, you know either changes to your listing or before even investing into a new product line. That's cool. And then, then you recently, earlier this year too, you added uh, some AI to it where it does like the sentiment, right? Where it can actually read the reviews uh, and uh, what the people write, you know, that are voting and actually come up with a general sentiment, correct? Yeah. So since every one of our polls includes written feedback, like you were saying, uh, that's a lot of text to analyze. And so if you're doing 50, 100, 200, even 500 responses, that's a lot of text for uh, for any person to to read through and kind of pull out all the themes and the, you know, the broader likes and dislikes. And so what we've done is we've integrated with AI to feed all those results into AI and generate a nice uh, three paragraph executive summary that highlights uh, the pros and cons and, uh, you know, the ne- even possible next steps that you may want to take with your poll. And then we also break out likes and dislikes by every single option using that AI as well. And what's the advantage of using something like PickFu to do testing versus just using Amazon split testing, where you can split test the price and people are voting with their wallets versus their mouse, sure. really, in that case, or 
testing images, you know, running at Facebook ads to see which which one gets clicked on the most. That's what a lot of people have done before they knew much about PickFoos. Run 10 yeah. different Facebook ads, see which one gets the most clicks. Why should we do your service uh, versus something like that? Or should you do both? Yeah, I mean, we definitely recommend doing both uh, PickFoo and Amazon uh, manager experiments. I think it's just different different parts of the process. So the way we recommend it doing is um, using PickFoo earlier in the process. So as you're trying out different creative directions and, you know, maybe you want to try out layouts that um, or product designs or color variations that, you know, may never see light of day. Obviously, that's what you would use PickFoo for. Once you come down to maybe your top two like main images, then or, or, you know, you centered it on them, what the prices are going to be, then test it live with manager experiments. The benefit is that PickFu is just going to be so much faster. Obviously, manager experiments is going to take a number of weeks to gather that data. Um, even Facebook ads may take a while. And with both of those approaches, you're not going to get any written explanations why. So uh, that's why it's not great for experimentation, but maybe just fine tuning what you already know are, you know, good options. And you're just trying to like eke out the, the best performance out of it. I remember earlier this year, my my trainer was he he made a journal, and he's like, Kevin, I don't know anything about Amazon. Can you help me out? And so I, I offered to help him out. You know, I'm not going. It's like I'm not going to do the work for you, but I'll help you get going. You know, explain it. Sure. And so he went out to on. He's like, What do I need to do? I said, You need to create a bunch of images. Gave him all the the, the steps that he needs to do. So he went on Fiverr and found somebody and created a like a main image for him. And I said, One's not enough. You know, I, we need like four or five of them. So he mm -hmm. gave. He had four or five of them done. Some of it was just slight color changes. Some of it was wording changes or layout changes, a way of showing it. And then we did kind of what you did. We didn't use the round robin option. We just did one after another, but we just put it A, number one against number two, and then number three against number four, and then the winner of both of yep. those. Uh, and then came up with a winner out of, out of the four. And then I told him, and, and you know, he was happy. He's a little bit surprised, you know, reading some of the comments like, wow, they didn't like this. And is a yeah. little bit surprised. But then we took it and we, I, I just, uh, grabbed, I don't think I used the actual tool where you have the 20 or whatever it is. I just grabbed four thumbnails of, of competitors, the top competitors, the ones that are doing the best, that are kind of similar to him. And we just yeah. mocked up, we put those four against each other and said, which of these four w would you like the best? And he came out like, I think he got, I forget the exact numbers, like 6% of the vote, which was <laughs> like, it was a, a shot to the gut for him. He was like, you know, he is proud of this thing. And like, it's a, it's a nice thing, but, and I, I've seen it, I've held it in my hand, but people were just like, no, we like these others better. So we read the comments, like you said, and they said, we like that we can see this page or we like, we can see this example or this color. So he went back and made a bunch of changes uh, on, on it. And we ran the same thing again against the exact same competition. And this time I think he went up to, I forget the exact number, 16 or 18, maybe 20%, some, somewhere around in that, yeah, in that ballpark. Nice. Um, which which says that yeah he would like to have gotten you know seventy percent of it but getting that percentage is, is still means that he can take you know enough people there's enough yeah enough depth in that field that field where you know even if he's in the fourth or fifth best seller he's still going to have some decent sales yeah I think you bring up uh, an important point there that you don't always have to win the test when you're testing against a competition right you just you want to make improvements and going from six percent to twenty percent show that you're probably going to get some clicks and probably going to get some of those sales. And then secondly, you know, the, an interesting way that a lot of people end up using us is that they, they come to test out their main image because they think that's the issue with their, their listing, right? Like, oh, I'm not getting the clicks. I need to test on my main image. And they'll start testing their, either their main image against their competition or just some variations they came up with. And the written feedback 
actually comes back as people saying they don't like the product. They don't like the design. They don't like the branding. They don't like the packaging, kind of like what the feedback you were reading about, about the journal. And then they realize, oh man, I, I should have been getting validation much earlier, much earlier, you know, before I spent, you know, $10,000 on this inventory and having it sit in Amazon, just trying to optimize the main image. I should have been testing out my concepts because, you know, these hypothetical tests, if you do it early enough, will cost you almost nothing, right? Like you could have, you could just have your, your designer mock something up. You could use 3d renders. Um, the whole point is to do these hypothetical tests before you invest a ton of time or money into a product line that, you know, maybe is not going to do that well. And maybe you still would have done it at six or 20% uh, taking away from the competition, but maybe there's like five other products that, you know, you also had ideas for that could do actually better. Maybe that's worth uh, investing your time there. Yeah, I know someone using AI to do that. They're actually coming, they're analyzing, you know, products on Amazon. They'll say, Hey, I, I want to do a new, uh, I don't know, a, a new dog bowl, uh, for example, you know, new slow feed dog bowl. And yeah. they'll have, they'll go into AI and do prompting and actually engineer the image. That's cool. And then come up with a cool design there, you know, refine it a little bit mid journey or, or whatever it is. And then they'll yeah. load that up uh, onto to PickFu and actually then compare it against the competition. And you do one of these, these competition comparisons with a yep. number of competitions and see what people say. Uh, this is before they've ever contacted a manufacturer or anything. See what people see, what people say. And I know one person, I think, told me they have to get at least, what was the number, 50 or 60 percent, uh, uh, and they'll refine it. If they don't get that, they'll read what they say, they'll go back yep. and have the AI re-render it uh, and, yep. and based on what the people say, and then they'll come back and they'll, they'll try to get it to where if they can get 50, 60, 70 percent of the people to vote for them, they're like, okay, I think we can launch this product. And then they go and yep. actually do the sourcing and everything, and, and so there's that's a great use of something like this for what's it cost to do 50 people? Like, uh, I guess it depends bucks, on the poll, yeah. but 50 bucks or something yeah, like that. Base, base 50 bucks. Yeah. And so, I mean, you might spend a few hundred bucks or maybe, you know, even 500 or a thousand bucks if you're doing a lot of different testing, but that's a lot better than spending 10 grand or 20 grand on molds and making a new product yeah. and bringing it over just to find out that you can't compete. Yeah. I mean, I think the pairing of, uh, AI generation with actual human feedback is, is the perfect combination now, especially because you know, our humans are giving you that written feedback and you're actually going to be able to have that actionable uh, insight into what to then refeed back into the AI. So, okay, like people don't like this color or, you know, or this design, like just tweak it this way, like they said, and it's just going to hone in on, on something you're going to be so confident about going to market with. Now you guys just do images, right? You, I can't compare videos, right? You can do videos. Yeah. So you could do a video. Is there a length? maximum or anything or how, how does that work you just upload it directly um i think 30 seconds is included uh with any you know basic poll and then it will just kind of prorate it if you go over that so if you know it went to two minutes it would probably cost 4x as much so yeah you could do comparison to video or you could just upload a video by itself and then ask people what do you think about this product concept maybe it's like a 3d render spinning or something like that or or whatever it is but can't compare two videos to each other like two uh how do I know they actually watch the whole video? That That's a little more difficult. Yeah. So we're, we're working on doing some tracking around that, but uh, we do make sure that they have enough time to watch, uh, watch all the video. And then you can probably tell by the responses as well. So if you, you know, depending on how you phrase your question, you could probably get them to uh, elaborate on like what's some of the specific things that they like or dislike about each video. And you also have, speaking of video, I mean, you actually have an option where you can out, 
kind of eavesdrop in on someone's thought process. So they actually, they do like a, a screen capture video as they're walking through the product and then scrolling up and down and they're commenting. So you can listen in to what they are saying, right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So we do have a, a, a screen recording capability where, uh, you might just want to get people to talk through either them looking at an image or a listing or whatever it is, because there's definitely, um, different thoughts that you, <laughs> you surface when you just get people to freeform as opposed to just writing their final, you know, written explanation. And so that's a, that's a really interesting way to kind of uh, get into people's minds. And then of course, at the end, we'll continue to do that AI summary to kind of synthesize all those, you know, random thoughts that people had. So I don't have to go listen to a bunch of <laughs> a bunch of grandmas yeah. and uh, people with accents and whatever talking. I, it, the AI will take transcripts and summarize it for me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you can just go look at the whole summary and just and gather all their uh, thoughts in one place. But that's that's cool. So why do you think a lot of people aren't using this? What is it because they just don't want to spend the money and you're not expensive. I mean, by yeah, okay, do a, a few tests. It's maybe a few hundred bucks by the time you, you do a series of tests. But I, I don't, yeah. why do you think it is, what's the barrier to, to more people not actually using something like this to really hone in on, on what they're doing? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the first thing is that I don't think people realize that they can do something like this. I, th I think even when they hear about it, they might still have hesitation around it being too complex. And, you know, we we still hear that even for people who have heard of Pig Foods, like, oh, I don't want to figure out how to use it. And I don't think they're giving it a fair shake to just log in and, and try it. Like we try to make it, you know, as, as, you know, simple, stupid, uh, as possible, but we've also heard some hesitation around asking the right question. And so, you know, some people, um, especially when they're paying money, they're, they're not sure, like, is this the right question? Am I phrasing it right? And so what we've tried to do recently is, is have a lot more pre-built templates and, and questions so that you're not having to come up with the phrasing of it. So if you're trying to test an Amazon main image, for example, we've got a preset test that's got a pretty good question. Obviously, you can still tweak it if you want to add more context, but you know that that reduces the friction. Yeah, and then I think there's, like you said, I think there the the costs as as any any entrepreneur or Amazon seller like they're they're watching like every single dollar that they spend, and I think there's hesitation in just adding yet another thing that they might potentially have to pay for. We've we've tried to reduce some of that uh, friction as well. Um, we're lowering the the minimum number of responses. I know you mentioned like you know thirty and fifty responses as being more significant, but uh, in our minds, something is better than nothing. At least getting some directional feedback, so you can go as low as fifteen responses. So that might be only fifteen dollars to you. Um, and we were experimenting with some five dollar combos. Uh, I, know, I know that you saw um, where it's only you know five responses, but. And while you wouldn't want to make a huge decision based off five or 15 responses, it's still interesting to hear five people to give you feedback, right? Like if you were going to go into a coffee shop, you probably would only talk to five to 15 people anyways. And so getting the thoughts uh, from those kinds of strangers is still going to be helpful, right? Because there still might surface some objections or whatever it is, um, and maybe enough to give you the confidence to spend 50 to get a little bit more significance. And you said that some people are worried about asking the right question. What are some tips you could give to make sure you do ask the right question? What are some phrases that you shouldn't do or that you should do to really make sure you're getting solid data? Yeah, um, definitely try to be as plain, plainly worded, I guess, and uh, unbiased as possible. So, um, 
and simple. So obviously don't ask a ton of questions. Ask, a, ask one question. Uh, one of the most common ones is, you know, which one would you buy? Obviously that's very generic or which one would you click on? You could add a little bit of context. So if you were shopping on Amazon for a teapot, which one would you buy? And that might give the appropriate level of context without skewing it too much. What you don't want to do is you don't want to like tip your hand and let them know which one is yours. You know, why wouldn't you buy <laughs> the red one or something like that? It's, it's too leading, right? So, so just try to be as plainly worded as possible. And then I guess the other tip would be the targeting is, is something that that's great, but it could also be a downfall for some people. I think some people target too granularly and they, they have such a narrow uh, view of who their, their uh, end user of the product is, but not necessarily who the buyer is. And so I would keep that in mind, right? Because for example, men's products, maybe you have something that's strictly for men, but if you look at your brand analytics, like maybe it's actually women who are buying it, right? And so uh, you need to know who's actually buying it. Maybe there's different times of year where people, the, the, the men are buying it other times of year, the women are buying it as gifts. And so, you know, those kinds of things, or, um, or just, you know, being too narrow about thinking about who cooks in a kitchen, kitchen or something like that. Right. Like, you know, Oh, maybe you think that only women cook in the kitchen, but maybe a lot of men, uh, are actually buying this product or whatever it is. So, you know, I would be careful about being too targeted. Obviously, like you said, if it's makeup or something like that, and it's makeup for women, then you can you can be a little bit safer about that. But try to use as much data if you have analytics as possible uh, to you know verify that the right the right targeting. Is there a way to actually test to see? Like, do you have an option to where you can segment the responses? by demographics as well, right? I, I think that's a, in some of the the PDF reports you can download it. I'll show you like if certain age group liked it more than another age group or yeah. certain uh, gender liked it more than another gender or something like that, right? Yeah, that's right, actually. So there, there's kind of two aspects to uh, demographics for our poll. So the first one being targeting who actually answers it. So that would be restricting who can uh, who can actually see it and respond. So if you only want men to answer, that's the first option. The second aspect of it is we actually ask a bunch of demographic questions to allow you to segment the responses and also get to know your respondents. So those would include like, you know, age and gender, income, or any of the other traits that you can target by. But say you just want to know about if they use makeup or if they like to cook in the kitchen or if they have pets. And so what will happen is they'll not only give your give the written explanation, but they'll give all that demographic information. When you hover over every response it'll tell you the demographic profile of that person. So you'll know that it was a male who has, you know, dogs and loves to drink tea. And then we have demographic charts where you can then filter and segment like, oh, okay. So all the men liked option A, all the women like option B, all the tea drinkers like option C. And so that might be an interesting way if you don't know who your your product is going to resonate with. Uh, we've actually some people seen uh, some customers run larger polls, you know, 200 or 500 responses, general audience, just to see like, okay, I, I, I'm really not sure who we should target. I just want to see who this is resonating with. Maybe it's a product concept, um, really early stage, and they just want to see um, who they can start um, targeting afterwards, right? So just doing it very broad first. What's one of the weirdest things you've seen someone test? Weirdest things? Uh, Something you're like, what the heck is this? We see a lot of we see a lot of adult things. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. 
We see a lot of adult products. We see a lot of uh, steamy romance novels, which are always fun. <laughs> a lot of, uh, you know, salacious uh, covers and things like that. So, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if there's anything super weird. Um, I think there's a lot of personal use cases that we've seen. Um, so testing, uh, the kids, uh, kids names, you know, like, oh, I'm about to have a boy and kind of like testing different names. So those are always fun. So a lot of interesting personal uses, even like LinkedIn or dating profile pictures. Yeah, kind as of I say, dating profile pictures, test your, uh, Tinder, Tinder pictures or something. <laughs> Which outfit should I wear? You know, we see people doing that kind of stuff. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What, what about, uh, do you have a case study or, or somewhat example of you can give us of someone who just radically changed their business after doing a test they were at x level and then they came in split tests and all of a sudden their sales went up ten thousand percent or some crazy thing is, is there some example that you can give us uh, around that yeah i mean um so thrasio who's you know one of the the bigger amazon aggregators one of their um th their main product that they kind of got their notoriety for was that uh Angry Orange pet deodorizer, um, the, the cleaner that they use. And so uh, when they first had that product, they wanted to do a rebrand of it. And so they actually used PicFu for that. They, uh, they were trying to justify a big uh, repackaging, uh, a big new packaging uh, uh, change. And I think it was going to cost them $50,000. So before they did it, they wanted to make sure that it was, it was going to be validated. And so they ran a bunch of designs through PicFu eventually came up with their new um, orange uh, bottle packaging and they launched with that immediately saw sales uh, improve after that and from there they continued to expand the land uh, expand the product line all using that same packaging and so that was that was a tremendous success for them obviously a much big bigger project than a lot of people are working on um, but we've had other really simple ones we had a case study with yesbar and they were just ch changing their main image. And they, they agreed to like isolate everything else. They didn't change anything else about it, but they ran a $65 a pick food test, just testing a few different images and uh, made, made the tweak to that winning one and immediately saw their, you know, their click-through rate increase by, you know, 12%. And so immediately netted thousands of dollars in, in new sales uh, the next week. And, you know, ROI was super easy for them. So you, it's not just smaller... Amazon type of sellers using this. You said you have a lot of like Fortune 500 companies and stuff, and eight right. Madison Avenue agencies and stuff using your service, right? Yeah, so we actually have quite a few uh, traditional CPG companies using us now. I think our our goal is actually just to get enterprise grade consumer research into the hands of the people doing the work. So that that includes individual Amazon sellers that that might be mom and pop shops, but it also includes you know, the uh, e-commerce and Amazon managers at larger CPG companies, people creating new products there. Um, it's just a much faster way to gather consumer research than what's previously been accessible. Uh, before, large companies had to work with their consumer insights teams. They had to work with a market research consultant, kind of run these really long form studies. And it wasn't uh, something that you could rapidly iterate on a design or, uh, you know, a concept very quickly. And so, uh, we're definitely seeing much more adoption in the uh, enterprise space. We recently got our SOC 2 um, certification, which is a security um, certification for uh, for software that a lot of corporate companies look for as a checkbox uh, to show that we're, we take security very seriously as a company. 
Um, we're trying to build the the best tech platform for self service consumer research out there. Uh, does is PickFood just for the U.S. market, or do you have international markets as well? Yeah, we recently expanded to international with Australia, UK, Canada, and Germany. Um, and we have a couple more countries uh, coming out later this year. And what's actually cool about the German um, audience and any other uh, country that we add in the future that's uh, not English speaking is we'll actually auto- automatically translate the question into the, the native uh, uh, native language. So the question will get translated into German. We'll show you what it is if you want to verify it, or you could have your, you know, if you speak German, you can just write the question in German. The response forms are all in German. They, we collect the responses in German and translate it back in English. And of course, we'll also show you the actual German responses as well so that you can, you can validate it. And so we're, we're trying to enable this, you know, anyone to anyone, uh, consumer research. So, you know, you could be a Chinese seller, um, getting feedback from a German audience and you could use our app completely in Chinese. We've localized the app into to Chinese as well. So you could use our, our pull builder, uh, in Chinese and write your question in Chinese and it'll go translate into German and, you know, everything back. So, um, that's, that's kind of the division that we're working with. That's cool. I, I remember before I knew about you guys, this must've been like 2015, I was coming out with a line of makeup mirrors for women and I got five or six samples from uh, China, different, different factories. And I'm a dude, I don't know what the heck's a little, <laughs> yeah. women want in a little pocket makeup mirror, but I saw there's an opportunity, you know, with the keywords and the research on Amazon. So it's like, all right, this is a good extension of a brand I was doing in, in the beauty space. And uh, I didn't have a pick food. So I actually walked into a bar and like just sat there and, uh, you know, any, any woman that would come into the bar, is like, do you mind, you know, um, give me your opinion. I'll buy you a drink or something. Give me your opinion on it. And, uh, you know, I, yeah. like you said, I got 10 or 15 people maybe over the course of four or five hours. And I mean, it was cool that they could actually hold it and touch it, you know, and check sure. it versus online. But in even the, the older days, you know, companies have to spend thousands of dollars on uh, focus groups and stuff, you know, bring, bring 20 people into a conference room and just to get yep. feedback that now you can get for 60 bucks or less in, in an hour or less. Uh, it's it's yeah. crazy where the technology, where we've come. Yeah. I mean, I think what's been amazing is just watching this democratization of, of everything, right? Like, as, as you know, every anyone can sell online, anyone can sell on a marketplace or they could spin up a Shopify site. And so we're just trying to, you know, add that other piece of being able to validate with consumer insights, because now that you can sell online, you're competing against every other large company out there, right? There's, there's no reason uh, any Amazon seller can't outsell, you know, the larger brands, but they are using consumer insights. They're using their very expensive market research consultants and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, you should be validating as well. Right. And th- th- this is the tool that you can use to do that. So can I test, I can test, you said earlier, you can test video. So I'm just brainstorming here. So if I've got a, a spokesperson and I have a, a male yeah. spokesperson, a, a female spokesperson, a, a country hillbilly, a proper nerd or whatever, and I create the exact same video with the exact same script, but all I do is just change out the person. And this, this could even be an avatar using AI or something. I mean, yep. <laughs> where that's going to go, but and I can do a test to see which one resonates best with the audience. I could do something like that as well, right? So who's the most 100%. believable, yeah. for example? Whoever, where they, whoever they believe is the most believable or something, I, I can do that. Yeah, that's a, that's a great test. Yeah, so voiceover, actors, actual hosts of videos, uh, you know, theme music. 
when when we advise people who are testing video, we try to get them to test different components of the video before they compose like that final thing. And then, you know, it's just like a product, right? You want to get feedback as you're developing it. So, you know, even we've even seen people test um, storyboards, actually. It'll be like literally hand sketch storyboards of like, oh, here's like the shot by shot of what I'm going to be doing. What do you think? And it's really cool to see things at that idea stage, um, you know, even text ideas, you know, it doesn't have to be anything that's actually 3D rendered or, you know, actually Photoshopped. Like it, it could be pretty raw. Is there an NDA that the people who are participating, the voters signs that they, they can't, like if I did something like that in the, how do I, you know, some people are going to like, well, if I show this prototype of what I'm doing, what if they just copy and steal it from me? I, that's going to be a, a worry of some people. Yeah, so they agree to a non-disclosure agreement um, before they are even able to see the test. So that is, uh, that's kind of the best that we can do. Obviously, people can breach that, but we've never had that issue in the past. And we've worked with a, a lot of pretty sensitive IP uh, at this point. And so I think, I, I know that every entrepreneur has that worry. Um, obviously, as entrepreneurs, we, we have that worry. But I think... Uh, it, after you've been in the game long enough, you realize that everyone wants to execute more on their own idea as opposed to going and stealing someone else's idea in most cases. Uh, but, you know, I can't really say it's never going to happen, but we do take as many precautions as, as, we, as we can. And is there something like with AI where you could, you've, you've done thousands, if not tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of tests where you could actually make recommendations yeah. yourself or if I ran a test and here's 50 people gave me their, their feedback, that's great. Could you then say, okay, this Kevin, here's a dog bowl. We've ran tests for 37 other dog bowls in the past and, and analyze that and combine it with what my people said and then make suggestions based on that, like, you know, some sort of AI suggestions or something based on that. Would, is that something that could be possible? It's definitely possible. Yeah. I won't make any promises, but <laughs> it's definitely possible. <laughs> it's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's, there, that's that's a uh, um, there's a lot of cool stuff that you could you can do, or even where you could jump on a a call, like you know, like we we're talking about the fo focus groups of old, where you sit in a conference room or mm. something, where I could even just you know poll. Um, I'm just brainstorming here, but something that I would find cool is like let's get ten people on a you know fifteen minute Zoom call, and so that I can hold it up and show them three dimensionally. Or, or, uh, or, or I could even send it to them. I can like, uh, Hey, you want a free product, you know, go, here's a code or whatever to go get it on Amazon or somewhere. And, uh, okay, go, go order it now or I'll send it to them. You know, you can pass their address or whatever, and then, you know, give it some time to be delivered. And then we say on, on Tuesday, you know, at eight o'clock, you know, we're, we're going to meet, meet, um, and hmm. I'd be willing to pay them, you know, better money for that. So they have it in their hand yeah. and it's a live group thing. And, and I think you could, depending on the product, you might not want to do that for all the products, but something like that could be really, really cool too. Interesting. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's, and I think we might, there might even be ways to kind of approximate that with different AI, AI models and, you know, interaction, uh, mechanisms. So a lot of interesting opportunities now. Yeah. So, so the important thing here is what's the most important message to get across, whether you use PickFu or something else, why should you be testing? The, the thing that I want to emphasize the most is definitely that, that sh people should be testing. I think it's just a way to de-risk your investment. We've had so many stories of people avoiding 
catastrophe by being able to not go into a product line or not overstock a certain color variation. Like that's a super common one, right? You maybe you're you're stocking up different colors of umbrellas or whatever it is, or different patterns of a of a puzzle, and you need to make a decision on how much to buy of each, or even if you should diversify so much. And so those are those are the, our favorite stories where people say like, "Hey, I used PicFu. I I chose the colors variations I did because of what the PicFu feedback and didn't get left holding the bag on a bunch of ugly colors." Um, so it's such a risk minimizer that it's kind of a no-brainer and of course it's going to improve your sales right like it's by minimizing risk it's going to improve sales both by better product selection uh, and product development but also through things like main image and you know a plus content all that other stuff that you can improve so um yeah whether you use PicFu or or something else or actually go into the bar or the coffee shop it it doesn't really matter you just need to get some kind of feedback from your target consumers because as any entrepreneur knows, your friends and family, they stop giving you useful feedback <laughs> after a few times of asking them. And they're honestly probably not even your target audience. So you do need to get some actual strangers uh, to give you feedback on things. Well, awesome, Justin. This has been great. Uh, if people want to reach out or find out more, reach out to you or find out more about PickFu, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, definitely check out the website, PICKFU.com. Um, we have a very helpful, helpful customer success team there as well. So if you need any help, just ask on the live chat. You could also hop on a, a strategy call with them for free. Um, so, so that's always a good way to get started. You can reach out to me on LinkedIn. Um, pretty easy to find under Justin Chen and uh, connect with me there. Awesome. Thanks, Justin. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Kevin. Great stuff from Justin. The guys over at PickFu are awesome, really good people. It's a great tool to use. I use it personally in my business all the time for all kinds of testing. So if you haven't tried out PickFu, go to PICKFU.com. It can make a big difference in your business and your conversion rates and how much money you make. Give it a shot and uh, let me know what you think. We'll be back again next week with another incredible episode here on the AMPM podcast. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Go back and download any episodes that you've missed. A lot of really good ones over the past year. And before we leave, I just want to leave you with some words of wisdom. Just remember, a confused mind always says no. A confused mind always says no. See you again next week. <laughs>